0: Over here, J.O.P. Come on down. Nice to be one, too. No? It says no. I hear it. You hear it? No.
1: No? I'm plugged in.
2: You got a battery in it? No.
0: Oh. It could have something
1: to do with it. One,
3: We got a mystery here. You hear it now? Oh, there we go. You can hear me now. <laughs> All you fathers out here.
0: Hello. Okay, I'll I'll try not to wake you up again. Let's stand and sing. We're going to do... Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Y'all know this song. There is none like you All of my days I want to praise The wonders of your the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are. you are. treasure remains for those who gladly
2: Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, We welcome our guests, especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here today and welcome you and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way today. Uh, Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take those and fill them out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. If you could do that, we would certainly appreciate that. And by the way, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. Uh, the uh, ladies of the church put on a, a feast for us today, and we are grateful for that. It was a wonderful time. Delicious. Exactly right. So thank you for our, our Father's Day breakfast this morning. Uh, just a, a couple of announcements that I have for um, for our interest this week. Uh, we will be serving a meal at the King's Kitchen on Tuesday Uh and uh, that's our our ministry to the homeless, and we'll be serving Tuesday at uh, 3.30? 3:30 3.30, is that o'clock. right? 3 o'clock, I'm sorry, 3 o'clock. And so if you would like to volunteer to uh, prepare something or to serve at the uh, at the King's Kitchen, then please see either Sybil or Christine, and they'll be all sure. All we need is one more person to do macaroni and cheese. Okay, they say that all we need is one person to do macaroni and cheese. I see a hand by there. <laughs> No. Uh, (laughs) Then I then I saw a head head shake.
0: (laughs) That was your grandson.
2: (laughs) So okay, we need one person to do macaroni and cheese, and so that will um, if if somebody could step in and do that, we would certainly appreciate it. Also, I want to let you know we will not be having any Wednesday services for the next two weeks. Uh, we will, uh, no, no dinners, no Bible studies or anything going on for the next two weeks. We will be resuming our Wednesday program on Ju- the, July the 8th, and so we look forward to that. We have also just finished a great week of Vacation Bible School. What a treat that has been. It was a, a wonderful week. As you know, we coordinate and collaborate with um, St. Paul's Episcopal Church and First Christian Church of Henderson and uh, the Henderson Presbyterian Church. We move it around, and this year was our year to host it. And uh, I hope you were able to get in here and just see all the decorations that were were up. We had a Mount Everest standing right here in front of me. You see some of the pictures that the kids drew on the wall there. But it was a great week of Vacation Bible School. Um, As a matter of fact, some of those songs that we sang, they're still playing in my head. You know, those Vacation Bible Schools, So you just can't get them rid of them there. But we have a little video to show uh, just a little bit of the week. So we, we got that queued up back there? Excellent. There we go. Looks like fun, doesn't it? Okay, one more year. You can volunteer for that next year, right, Mary? <laughs> See, not, not too early to recruit. <laughs> so thank you, Mary, for your leadership with that. You saw some of the other volunteer leaders uh, with Vacation Bible School from our church and other churches, and it was a wonderful, wonderful week, so we are grateful for that. Now let us stand and let's sing our song of gathering, Faith of Our Fathers. We've come to a portion of our service that's uh, very important and very, uh, a very joyous part of our service, and that is the dedicated, dedication of a child to God. Uh, it is an important and holy event. Uh, the dedication involves not only a child, but also the parents, the extended family, and the church as well. Uh, Jake and Kim Lear, uh, we rejoice with you because of this dear child that has come into your hearts and your home, and uh, there's no gift, and you too, Wyatt, <laughs> and there's no gift of God that's that's more precious and more uh, filled with promise and blessing than the coming of, of children into your home.
4: And yet with these blessings,
2: there are also tremendous responsibilities into um, your care, God has entrusted this dear soul whose destiny will be determined to a large extent by the the character and the influence that you provide in your home. And so guard your home well in Christ. Uh, You will remember that the Bible has a lot to say about children and the responsibilities of parenthood. I'll, I'll remind you of what Moses said. He challenged parents to store up in their own hearts The words of wise counsel and advice so that they could teach their children those things. And I'll remind you that Hannah brought her son Samuel, who became God's prophet, to God's temple to be dedicated. Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to the temple, where Simeon blessed Jesus in God's name. And what an event to be the earthly parents of the Son of God. But you know what? Their responsibilities were no different than yours. As they did with Jesus, let me admonish you to surround your children with love and care. Bring them up in such a way that they, as they begin to understand, they will come to love and to follow Jesus. Um, but in this service of dedication, we, your church, are also making a commitment. Because we know that, that being a parent, it, it's not easy and you should not feel that you're alone in this endeavor. Um, The affirmation and the support of your church family can be a great help and a source of encouragement for you. And so for this reason, our church places great importance on the dedication of a child and the parents. In the service of dedication, the church recognizes and acknowledges the dual responsibilities it shares with the parents of this child in shaping your child's character. And so this commitment service should also reflect the church's attitude towards families and communicate the church's intention and our desire to support you and encourage you and love you and nurture you as parents and as your children. So are you ready to do this? All right. Isn't she cute? She's precious. And I'm going to take her around and introduce her to everybody. You've already met her, huh? (laughs) A lot of you have. She's just as cute as she can be. Just a beautiful baby. I know a lot of you have already. Look at those parents. They're they're going, where's she going with my baby? (laughs) A lot of you have already held her and loved on her, and who could help but to do that? What a beautiful, beautiful baby. Okay, Mom, here she is. (laughs) There you go. What a sweet child. Let us dedicate this child with our, our, our reading of dedication. Parents, Do you desire earnestly that your child grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? As parents, do you covenant together with God to bring up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and to assist her in growing as did Jesus in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and humanity? Because you desire for your child a knowledge of the Scriptures and a loving, respectful attitude towards God and God's Son, Jesus Christ, do you promise to use your home and the organization of the church to accomplish this task? And church, recognizing the responsibility that you have as a congregation towards each child, do you agree to love and protect them Seeking always to manifest toward them a Christian spirit? And do you promise that by giving your time and your talents and your money, you will do your part to help provide spiritual instruction and Christian training? If you accept this responsibility, will you indicate by standing, if you're able? We, the church, pledge to commit ourselves. To nurture these parents and their children, to provide opportunities for training and growth in parenting and family enrichment, and to offer them our support and our loving concern. Let us pray together. O oh God, our mother and father, we thank you for this child, a sign of the kingdom growing by leaps and bounds among us. With unconditional love, we bring her into our circle. Let us tell her your story again and again and again until she imagines it and paints it and sings it and acts it and dances it and writes it until it sinks deep into her body and spirit and voice. Remind us that children come trailing clouds of glory, not so far from the wonder of your face. Forgive us for watering down the gospel until you are just another grown-up who went around doing good long before she was born. Help us to teach the faith and hope that she needs to live authentically in this world. And even as we try to shelter her from the storms of life, help us to model compassion that enters the pain of others. Let us nurture all that makes her a precious gift, a daughter made in the image of God. And above all, as we grow alongside our children, may our dependability and faithfulness show them that they can trust your tender love, now and forever. Amen. Blessings.
3: There's a change in our hymn today. We're going to be singing hymn number
1: 249. Glorify that name. today from Mark chapter 4 verses 35 through 41. On that day when evening had come he said to them let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd behind they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up, and they said, Teacher, do you not care we are perishing? He woke up, and he rebuked the winds, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him?
5: Good morning. morning. Let's see. We had a few of you at Bible school. Wasn't that a great week? Did you have a good time? You loved it. I loved it, too. Hey, I want to show you some pictures. Miss Nora just read our scriptures, and sometimes for us it may be hard to follow the scripture. But once again, we're going to talk about faith. And we've talked about this so many times. And remember up there in children's worship, we talk about each time you come to Sunday school, each time you come to church, your faith in God is growing, growing, growing. Does anybody want to try the real definition of Faith. Faith. Nobody? I'll share it with you. Now, uh, there's a bunch of different kinds of faith. Um, I had faith that you all were going to be here this morning. Mm, maybe, maybe not. I hoped you were. But when we talk about faith in God, which and that's why we come to our church, and that's why we have a church family, and, and we just want to know God is there to help us through this life. When we have faith in God, faith in God is believing That what he says about himself and the Bible is true. And when you hear some of these stories and you know that God got people through these stories in the Bible, it's kind of hard to believe that that really happened sometimes. But it did, you guys. And that's why we continue to build on our faith every day. Now, when I read the story like Miss Nora just did the scripture, think about this. What if you, on a sunny afternoon like this, you were out on the river and this horrible storm came? Look at this picture. Look at this picture this storm. Okay, now the disciples were with Jesus on that uh, boat. And it says, one day in Galilee, Jesus and his disciples wanted to cross the lake. So they got into a boat. Now look at that boat. It's not that big. The lake was very big. When they got to the middle, dark clouds came up and the wind started to blow. The waves in the lake splashed up into the boat. Now, I think I would be a little scared out in the middle of a big lake with that storm. What do you think guys think? You don't think you would? Huh? Oh, you think it's the ocean? Okay. It could be. Would you still be scared, Wyatt? You wouldn't? Oh, Jesus was in the back of the boat with his head on a pillow. Hmm. He wasn't scared, was he? He was asleep. The disciples woke up. Teacher, teacher, they said, we are about to drown. Jesus got up. He told the wind and the waves to be quiet. And then everything was calm. Jesus asked his disciples, why were you afraid? Don't you have any faith? The men in the boat were amazed. Who is this, they asked one another. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now that, even his own disciples didn't have faith that they weren't going to drown. So it's an everyday learning process that we can turn our lives over to God and know that he's going to get us through everything. If we have sickness in our family, if we have somebody die in our family, if we have money troubles, if we have marriage troubles, if we have just all kinds of troubles. When you guys grow up, if you'll continue growing your faith in God, you will be able to make it through this life just fine. I'm going to do one more thing about Bible school, and then we'll let it last. Dr. Tim made a very, uh, he said, thank you for your leadership to me. And you guys, I didn't lead Bible school. If you were in Bible school and you were a teacher this week, why don't you come on up front because we really need to thank you. We had Miss Virginia who led Bible expeditions with Father Rich, and she did an awesome job. We We had Heather who was a crew leader. We had Kurt Knight who was a crew leader. Uh, we had Gracie Pile that was a crew leader. Kurt, come on up. You, I watched you. I told your mom you were a leader with those kids. Sometimes our crew leaders don't know what kind of kids they're going to have in their crew. You were a you were a great leader. Thank you, uh, Miss Kim Knight. I just shook my head all week because uh, twelve preschoolers and they had a blast. Um, great. Let's see who else am I missing. Sue Allen. Oh, Sue Allen, the Play Doh is still up there on the carpet. (laughs) Get up here, Sue. Kurt Knight and Sue, excuse me, Kurt Haynes and Sue Allen did Imagination Station. Incredible. Thank you so much. Um, Who else am I missing? Oh, Kelsey sing and play leader. I had faith that she was gonna find your pop tarts when I started talking. No luck. Okay. We might not have a stacked snack today. And uh, let's see, thanks to Nathaniel and Jake, who did the audio visuals, and we had all of our kids here. Jill Taylor also was a leader. And once again, please give these guys, they gave up their week for the kids of this church. Thank you so, so much. All right, let's go.
4: For for bringing all, us all to your house safely on this Father's Day. We are so blessed by your presence here today as we celebrate all the fathers on this special day and remember the many sacrifices fathers make for their children and families and the ways, both big and small, they lift children to achieve dreams thought beyond reach as you have done for each and every one of us. Thank you for your love and mercy on us, Father. We come to your throne with humble hearts as we are so thankful for the many blessings You give to us freely and with ultimate love as our Heavenly Father. May we give not to become richer, though may we give because we simply love you. Bless these tithes and offerings today. In your holy name we pray, amen. Amen. Amen.
3: try to write and the words wouldn't come. My life was hollow like a drum. Every note I played song. Music is a means by which I share my faith. Your Spirit teaches me what to say. When the light is on me, I pray it's you they see you, Lord, are the star who shines my way. This because of you, I have a song.
2: Thank you, Randy. I tell you, I appreciate your talent and I'm so grateful that that Christ has given you a song to sing and that you're willing to share that with us today. Thank you so much for that. Welcome on this Father's Day of 2015. We uh, recognize that some of the men in this church have committed themselves to being great dads and great father figures, and we want to give them recognition that they deserve. So, men, let me ask you to stand, if you will, if you're able, and let us give you thanks today. Come on, stand up, guys. Yeah. you. You mean so much to us, and we are so grateful for for your lives, and for your impact on our lives as well. So thank you so much for who you are and what you do. According to one expert, uh, children go through four stages of dealing with their fathers. In stage one, they call you Dada. In stage two, they grow and they begin to call you Daddy. Daddy. And then as they mature, they reach stage three, and they call you dad. And finally, in stage four, they call you collect. (laughs) Now, that's for for some of our older members, because it occurs to me that most of our younger members don't even know what a collect call is. (laughs) I heard about two young daughters having a discussion about family resemblance one day. And, and the nine-year-old said, I look like mom, but I have dad's eyes and lips. And the six-year-old said, uh, said well, I look just like dad, except that I, my hair is lighter. And, and then the six-year-old turned to her mother and said, mom, what does dad have to do with us being born anyway? And so the older sister jumped in and said, don't be silly. Dad's the one who drove mom to the hospital. Hilding Halverson, uh, who is a gospel musician, overheard his son talking with two other boys one day. And the boys were bragging about their fathers, which dad was more powerful. And one boy said, uh, he he bragged, well, my dad knows the, the mayor of our town. And the other boy said, well, so what? My dad knows the governor of our state. And then Halverson's son said, that's nothing. My dad knows God. Well, when Halverson heard this, he quickly slipped away into his room with tears in his eyes. And he prayed, Oh God, I pray that my boy will always be able to say that my dad knows God. And I think there's a prayer for all of us today. That one day all the boys and girls will be able to say about their dads that my dad knows God. Those of you who were fans of uh, the late great cartoonist Charles Schultz, You remember how Snoopy was often pictured on his doghouse with his trusty typewriter. He was a a would-be writer who always seemed to begin his novels with one certain phrase. You remember what that was? Come on. Oh, how'd you know that? (laughs) It was a dark and stormy night. Well, today's lesson from the Gospel of Mark takes place on a dark and stormy evening. Jesus had been teaching all day long, and some of you teachers know how exhausting that can be. But imagine teaching hundreds and hundreds of people all day long without the the benefit of a microphone. A daunting task, indeed. But now it it was evening, and Jesus decided to cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. And though it was not stated in the Scriptures here, I, I think we can assume that Jesus needed some rest. He needed some time away from the crowds, away from the teaching and the healing. And this was not an easy thing to do. Because verse 36 tells us that there were people in other boats who wanted to remain with Jesus. And so they were following him across the lake. I guess there really is no rest for the weary. However, the voyage across the lake was interrupted by a sudden storm we're told that a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was, it was nearly swamped. And this kind of storm was pretty common in the Sea of Galilee. Still is there because the Sea of Galilee is surrounded by high hills and narrow valleys and, and the, the combination kind of acts like a wind tunnel and, and, and they just blow these winds across the lake there. And, and on that evening, the waves were raging so badly that they were spilling over into the boat that Jesus and his disciples were in. So let's pause for just a moment here. Let's think about our own lives for a second. How many of you can identify with this thought? Sometimes in our lives we face situations that threaten to overwhelm us. Can you identify with that? Sure. We all do. Despite the fact that we are people of faith, these storms come into our lives sometimes so suddenly and with so much force that we may not be prepared to meet them. Storms of sickness, disease, even death, relationship issues, parenting issues, issues of of employment These storms come no matter how faithful we may be to the service of God. And they come no matter how perfect our attendance in church may be. And they come no matter how well we may know the Bible. In fact, if you really know the Bible, you already know that. We read these words in the very first verses of of the book of James when he says, Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Well, I don't know about you, but whenever whenever I'm faced with a a storm in my life that's threatening to overwhelm me, I, I I, I rarely feel that much joy about it. In fact, the joy comes when the storm is over. And so I guess I'm a lot like those disciples of Jesus. You remember their reaction to the storm? Jesus, exhausted from the day, decided to take a nap in the stern of the boat. But when the waves began lashing a boat, his disciples, some of whom, by the way, were professional fishermen, so this is not new to them, but we are told that they were terrified. And they were so terrified that they decided to wake Jesus. Teacher, they cried, don't you care that we're about to drown? That sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? When we are in the midst of our storms, we too wonder if God still cares about us. When we are tossed about by the storms of life, we often call out to God, not out of surrender, not out of knowing that God is there and is able to deliver us, but because we feel abandoned and we call out, where are you, God? Why have you abandoned me? I love the way Pastor Ray Pritchard tells the story. He says that the disciples woke Jesus that evening with questions that we have all asked in moments of desperation. Lord, don't you care that my child is sick? Lord, don't you care that my marriage is falling apart? Lord, don't you care that my friends have deserted me? Lord, don't you care that I have no money? Lord, don't you care that I feel so alone? Don't you care that I want to give up? Don't you care that my husband has died? Lord, don't you care that I've lost my job? We've all asked these questions in in a million different ways. We never question the Lord's compassion when things are going great. But, says Pritchard, God's compassion is not measured by our circumstances, nor is God's kindness limited to our understanding. God cares just as much when the storm is raging as when the seas are calm and the sun is shining. God's mercy is not limited to the sunlight nor to the stillness of the waves. And that's why we read in verse 39 that Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still! And the wind died down and it was completely calm. What an amazing statement. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. My friends, Jesus can still the storms in our lives. That's the message of today's lesson. Take that with you today. If you you hear nothing else that I say today, hear this. Jesus can still the storms in our lives. Jesus cares about us and can still those storms in our lives. The psalmist tells us that he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Jesus got up and rebuked. Literally, the word means ordered the wind and the waves and made them behave. At Jesus' command, the winds and the waves became completely calm. Do you possess the Spirit of Christ? Then be calm. Greater is He that is in you than any force trying to overwhelm you. He said to His disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And we all know what it's like to be afraid, don't we? We face fear, every one of us. It's the most common of all human emotions, fear. And, of course, some of us have a higher threshold of fear than others do. You know, some people, they just it takes a lot to make them afraid. There's one man, uh, we'll call him Bob, who tells about a friend of his named George who was an ex-Marine pilot. And he wanted to show off his new uh, twin engine airplane, so George invited Bob to come right along as he put the plane through its paces. But suddenly they were caught up in a thunderstorm and the lightning was crashing all around them. And then everything went black and they lost the radio contact, their controls, all their instruments stopped working. And then as they were being tossed about in the midst of this storm and and, uh, Bob was just hanging on to the edge of his seat there just for for dear life. And this ex-Marine pilot in the midst of all this said, "Uh uh-oh. And fearing the worst, Bob asked, good grief, what's happened now? And George replied, I've got the hiccups. Do something to scare me. As <laughs> a man with a high threshold for fear. Most of us aren't like that, though. Most of us are more like the little boy who was visiting the local zoo and, and somehow got separated from his parents. And they were in an attraction called the, the House of Night, where nocturnal creatures crawled and flew about. And then all of a sudden, the exhibit was plunged into total darkness. And almost immediately, the little boy grabbed the hand of a woman standing next to him. And the woman asked, and who do you belong to? And so the little boy spoke in the darkness and said, I'm yours till the light comes on. I think a lot of us can probably relate to that. Jesus said to His disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? It seems that Jesus was a bit disappointed with His disciples. I mean, despite all of His teachings, they were still ruled by a spirit of fear, not faith. Do you still have no faith? He asked them. And I wonder if that same question could be asked of us. I mean after all that God has done for us, do we still have no faith? Hasn't God come through for us before? Even though they called him rabbi, which meant which means teacher, his disciples still didn't understand his teachings. And we make that same mistake. You see even though we call him savior, which means deliverer. When our backs are up against the wall, we despair instead of trust. And we murmur instead of praise. And we forget how many times God has brought us through storms of our past. And we forget in the dark times of our lives what He has said to us in the light. And you know, I'm always amused by how this story ends. Jesus has calmed the storms. And now Mark says, the disciples are terrified. They ask each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now before, they were terrified by the storm. And now they are terrified by the knowledge that they are in the presence of one who has the power to control the forces of nature. You see, in calming this storm, Jesus assumed the authority that can only be exercised by God. And the disciples recognized from such a demonstration of power that this was no ordinary man. And so they became terrified, asking, who is this that even the forces of nature obey him? The word terrified here from the Greek phobeome means to be in awe of a reverence that overtakes people in the presence of divine power. And we should be in awe of who Christ is. We ought to trust him when we face crises in our lives, because, my friends, he is still able to calm the storms. Max Lucado tells about taking his young daughter Andrea out for a walk in their neighborhood uh, one day. This was long ago. She was about four years old at the time. They had just moved to the neighborhood, so this area was brand new to her. So they walked down streets that she had never seen before. They petted dogs that she had never touched before. The yards were different. the, The kids looked older. The houses were bigger. And Lucado says that He thought all of this change might trouble her. And he thought all of these new sights and sounds might generate some anxiety in her. So he asked, are you okay? She said, sure. He said, do you know where we are? She answered, nope. Do you know how to get home? Nope. Aren't you worried? He asked. And without slowing her pace, she reached up and took his hand and said, I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't have to know how to get home. Because you do. My friends, in the same way that a child might have a sense of awe and reverence about her parents' ability to do the right thing and make the right decisions, so ought we to trust God. Because, my friends, God cares about us. And God can calm the storms of our lives. Pastor Ernie Nibbins tells about a visit that he and his family took to Niagara Falls one time, and their plans included a ride on the Maid of the Mist. Some of you know about this, and prob- some of you may have done this. This is a boat that heads straight for the base of the majestic Niagara Falls there. And the closer they got, the slower they moved. And the water was showering down all around them. And they they couldn't hear each other speak or even yell over the tumultuous thunder of the falls. And then suddenly they broke through a curtain of falling water into a place of peace. Behind them, the water rolled from above and and the sides. And ahead, the falls were so close that they, they sensed that they could almost reach out and touch them. And yet there was a sense of peace, which Nivens decided was a lot like being in the eye of a hurricane. And then looking up, he noticed, beautifully arched over their heads, there was a rainbow. The wonder of it all filled his eyes with tears and he he held his breath and he listened closely for he knew that at any moment some great celestial chorus would break out in the hallelujah chorus. There was peace in the midst of the storm. What a powerful powerful parable of a spiritual reality. Sometimes we are caught in the thunder and the power of life's perplexities and it seems that we just can't bear anymore. And then suddenly peace breaks in. It's not easy to see rainbows from the backside of the cloud. And so we are encouraged to to just press on. Just keep going. Trusting the rainbow maker. Because the rainbow maker never fails. Storms pass. Thunder Holes over the horizon the rainbow appears and it hosannas back and forth across the gray black sky Nivens writes dear friends trust God if you are caught in the thunder stand in the assurance that a rainbow is coming your way and in the meantime be a rainbow for someone else A song from the 1942 Broadway musical Carousel says it beautifully. When you walk through the storm, keep your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. Walk on. Walk on with the hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. Now, I don't know what kind of storm you may be going through today, but folks, listen to this. You're not alone. The one who has power to calm the storm is with you. So trust in the Lord. Walk by God's side and look for the rainbow that God will provide. God is always with you. Be strong. Be calm. Amen. Let us sing together our closing hymn, O God, Almighty Father, number 258. Let us sing to the Lord. the grace of Christ that daily renews our lives and the love of God that enables us to love all persons and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that unites us as one body. Make us keen to discern and prompt us to obey the complete will of God until we meet again through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.